You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is the audio from my interview series, Short Rest, aired live on twitch.tv forward slash robertheartleygm. During the Short Rest series, I sit down with a fellow tabletop role-playing game content creator for about two hours and get to know them a bit. If you want to see the accompanying visuals at any time, you can find them on my YouTube channel by searching for Robert Hartley GM. Enjoy! Friends, fans, and fine folk, come on down, sit around the campfire, and have a little short rest with me and my friend, Sarah Moore! Sarah, you can say hello, and we can go through the usual ritual of me working out what the tech goblins are doing. Yep, there we go. Yeah, just as I thought, just as I thought, they cannot hear you. Great. Even though I even though I worked this out beforehand and made sure it was working. All right, try again. Second time. Okay. What what about now? Perfect. Now can we hear me? They should be able to hear Yay. you right now. Ah, how I love audio goblins. That was a, yeah, as, as as they go, that one just like popped its head up and then left. That's that's a that's not so bad that one. No. Uh very polite audio goblin. <laughs> very polite audio goblin. He saw the swords. And we're like, nah, maybe yeah, not today. Don't want to be cut down. Just wanted to let you know I'm still here, kind of a thing. How's uh, has has our respective volume, people? Can you um, let us know? Am I am I much louder? Is Sarah much louder? Are we good? Is this? Should I yell? Just, just, scre- just scream into the the microphone just to test. I got it. some lungs on me. I could do it. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, people saying it sounds good. So welcome along. Um, I just said there's all there's always. It's a thing about my ears, by the way, and somebody just said it in chat. Um, these are actually my headphones. They're not just. Are they actually I have little the tiny baby ears, so they're my they're my headphones, so they'll stay in my ears. One of the yeah, one of the one of the first questions I wanted to ask was uh, what's what's with the ears? Like why why what, is it yeah. part of the brand? And uh, you just always like to wear them when you when you're uh, DMing, GMing. Yeah, I mean it's it works really well with the brand, right? Like because it's D and D and high fantasy and all that stuff. But yeah. yeah, but also like um, I traditionally have really difficult time finding earbuds that work for me. I have very tiny ears, um, <laughs> right. and I have a little bit of structural hearing loss in my right ear, and so I need to have something that will stay in. Otherwise, I can't participate with what's going on um and so i found these that just hook over my ear so it it's really hard for them to fall out that's that's really smart what did you were you just were you browsing specifically for them and were like oh elfie ones they work or did you just come across Um, them and went these will be perfect so about five years ago my sister-in-law bought me a pair of these uh for like a christmas gift and um I discovered they worked really well and I, I beat the holy heck out of them for like four years and just had to re- replace them. But yeah, they're they're Smart. super great. I think that like legitimately, I think they're like $14 on Amazon. So if you all want to look like me, <laughs> good to get there. If you, if you want to get into your cosplaying, um, yeah. they, they need a, they need a wig. Uh, that's your hairstyle. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, just um, this hairstyle, by the way, in case anybody is wondering, I went to my stylist and I said, can you make my hair the color of like when sunlight hits an oil slick? Very nice. Iridescent quality to it. Yeah, it's like mermaid hair, hair yeah. but like less spiny. Like a, like like mermaids um, after the BP oil, oil spill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mermaids breaching the surface wah, and been like, la 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 la. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Help me. Yeah. Can you make my hair look like that, please? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what I said, which was interesting. So we uh, we she jumped over, we, we jumped well. over introductions in case people are watching this on my YouTube later or they're watching this through oh, yeah. uh, some other means. Um, we should introduce who you are. How uh, how have you come to be in in my wheelhouse of of people that I would talk to at a short rest? Tell, tell yeah, us a bit um, about you. Hi, hi everyone. Um, my name is Sarah Moore. I have been in sort of the gaming sphere for. I don't know. I think I think professionally, I think this is like my tenth year. Um, I I host a, a tabletop, a actual play, show called Sarah's Table. That's on Level Up underscore TTV on Twitch. Um, that's Fridays at six p.m. Eastern. Which I don't. I mean, for for my down under folk, I'm really not sure Just what time it, it is. But you. You've got the internet. Okay. <laughs> type in, yeah, yeah. Type in that just time Google it. that Sarah just said, and the internet will tell you what time it is, hopefully. Give or yes. take an hour if you get daylight savings wrong. Yeah. But, like, also, you could just follow me on Pixies and Pins and, and it'll tell you. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, I also, my day job is I work for Peter Atkinson of Gen Con and uh, Wizards of the Coast fame. Uh, we do a project called. World of Chaldea, which is a multimedia project based on a D&D campaign that started running in 1981. And now we have turned it into a combination of live action films. Uh, there's a podcast, there's a comic series, there's a novelization. Um, and currently we are doing something called Actor Oki, which is where we take an episode, uh, a RPG session and we turn it into a short film in the course of two weeks. Uh, and I'm DMing that. We're in our second series. Um, it's wild. It uses D&D &D 5e. Uh, and you can find that on Satine Phoenix's channel, which is twitch.tv slash guildinglight. And that's on Wednesdays uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific, which is actually, we're doing another episode in uh, just over two hours. So... If we're done here, you can just hop on over to Gilding Light. Well, yeah, we might be, able, might be able to time it just right to send them off on a, uh, a raid to the right channels. Yeah, that'd be super fun. And um, But yeah, and I, do, I just love gaming in general. And, and so. we, uh, we got to know each other when um, Level Up TTV reached out to me. Um, I'm an affiliate of Level Up Dice, and if you, uh, if you want to help me out, you can click on the various links that some of my mods will be putting in the chat there and browse some lovely dice that they do. Uh, they also got in touch yeah. with me and went, hey, um, you should, we, we, we've got like a, what do they call it? A, uh, I can't remember the name, some, some kind of just wild different games every, every Monday of the month or something. They, they, oh, it's um, what were they calling it? Story Masters Madness. Story Madness Madness. I was, I was thinking Monday Madness and it wasn't that. Story Master Madness, yeah. Um, and so yeah. I put my name down on the on the sheet to play a, a game called Sexy Battle Wizards because I was like, that's that, that sounds fun. Uh, and you, yeah. were the, you were the GM for that and it was it was a tremendous uh, amount of fun. And you can actually find it um, on YouTube. Uh, I think it's on Level Up TTV's uh, YouTube page. Uh, again, one of my mods will be able to uh, yeah. link you that uh, soon. Thank you, mods. <laughs> Thank you, mods. <laughs> um, Sexy Battle Wizards was 
supreme fun, and it's, it's the, that was the first time that I'd I, I'd played with you in a game. Um, and then yeah. since then, we also played uh, a definitely not legally Star Wars game um, called Rebel Correct. Scum, which was just as much fun. It was a three-parter, that one. So we've worked together a yeah, couple times Yeah, it was now. wild, too. It was a lot of yeah. fun uh, both times. And I've since watched a few of your uh, other Sarah's Table games as well, like Kobold's Ate My Babies and uh, various other... There, there was uh, the t Tiny Tusks, was it? The, the, the orcish yes. ones. Uh, oh, were you? You seemed like you were maybe checking out all of the puppet stuff. Yeah, I was. I was. I was checking out this stuff on um, ninth level uh, games. Uh, but I also saw the. Um, uh, I started watching the princess one. The 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 excellence was it. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's... that's like that's their flagship. That's kind of sort of where I live. That's where they like brought me in first. Right. Was for the excellence. So. Um. I. Yeah, I got to do a game of the excellence, which is why they approached me. Actually, is I ran a game of the excellence for um, Peter Atkinson, Stefan Picorni, Tim Kask. Um, uh, oh, who was my last player? Now I have to look it up. Uh, Fall cosplay was it? No, no, no. But the very first one. Not the first one you ran. Um, it it wasn't for Sarah's table. It was before Sarah's table um. was a thing, um, and we uh, Peter was like, "Well, you know what would be funny is what if we got a bunch of the like important old guard of gaming, um, and like what if we had them all be princesses?" <laughs> and I was like, "That sounds that sounds super fun." Um, Oh, it was Mike. Mike Pondsmith was the last oh, okay. <laughs> who who does of of cyberpunk fame. Um, yeah, and so they all came on and were very engaged with being princesses, and were very concerned that they wanted to make sure that they did it right, and they were going <laughs> to be, you know, and they the, a couple of them had wigs on, and like it was it was a wild stream, but it was really fun. It was for for Gen Con that year, and after I was done with that ninth level, was like, what if you come and run? more of that because that sounds <laughs> that could be good yeah so it's, it's so a, on that same sort, sort of, of where I, and i go back to it a lot yeah on that same sort of theme what, explain to me so sarah's table is a is an uh, existing entity that you run obviously where you're playing various different games you're never just playing one particular game it's not like sarah's table is this particular uh, or even like the same system or anything is it it's just like you play a variety yeah. of various different games and you and you've you run it on level up TTV, but also ninth level games. What does it exist outside of any particular medium? Yeah. <laughs> um, where, so where ninth level, <laughs> yeah, ninth level games is um, has been the sponsor, hmm. and so um, we do a lot of different ninth level games on there. They have sort of a bunch of titles, yeah. and we live most of the time in the polymorph system, yeah. which is what the excellence is, um, and and the way that their games are are um made is it's sort of all kind of interconnected like they're building this like multiverse of games that sort right, of okay. can eventually fit into each other kind of thing <laughs> so, um, the so the rebel scum and the uh, princess in the uh, excellence are in the same multiverse as it were yeah kind of <laughs> um yeah, punching, punching there's space also Nazis and being a pr right, as princesses, princess. it all fits. Yeah. It really, it all fits. Yeah, um, but but then I I also I, I try to stick to a two or three um, a month that is ninth level 
run because they are the sponsor, but I also branch out a little bit. Sometimes I have, like just recently I did a, a labyrinth arc um, that was super fun. Uh, like like the movie, there's an RPG of Labyrinth and it's the best. Uh, it feels like you're playing the movie, which is really fun. Yeah, <laughs> um, which fun. Because uh, for for a child of the 80s named Sarah, I mean, you <laughs> just want to be in the movie. Yeah. Um, Did you have an yeah. annoying so, younger brother that you wanted to give away to the Goblin King? I actually, I actually have a, a annoying older brother that I would have <laughs> given away to the Goblin. Yeah. Four years older than me, so I was I was the baby. You but tried to give you away to the Goblin King. So... No, but that he didn't want me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie looked at you and went, "Nah." I'm he good. was like, I'm, "No, thanks." I'm I'm, I might. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> so, so you uh, so you run to his table uh, only on Level Up TTV, and then some of the ones that are sponsored by Ninth Level then get put on the Ninth Level YouTube after. Is that? Right. Yeah, cool. yeah. It's um, it it streams live on Level Up TTV, and then I believe that there are some that are then put up on their archives on their YouTube channel, mm. but then also on the um Ninth Level YouTube channel. So right, right, right. But I have been toying, and this is probably the kick in the pants that I need, <laughs> of making a Sarah's Table YouTube channel that I can just put all of them up on. It would make it easier to find. Where, where where to find it <laughs> true it's Single true I, um, but you know, we're gamifying everything right it's a little bit like a scavenger hunt <laughs> but, you need to, if you're going to lean into that you need to put a, a comment under the youtube channel on the level up ttv one that, that is a clue to where they can find the next one on some other oh, channel and then a comment good. on that one this... that's a clue to the next yeah. one <laughs> this is not going to be way too much work for definitely me that I not. will definitely not sink into for sure. <laughs> I uh, I at the very least because I noticed the same thing because I'm in I'm you know I'm doing guest stars in, in games here and there and like talking with people on their channel and stuff and it's a lot of fun but it means that people who want to see me in things don't have to like run all over the place trying to find me like clicking on other people's right. stuff. So I I as, at the very least to try and consolidate that I've got a community post on my YouTube that's just like a single dot a single um uh. Uh, post that has a link to all the different things that I'm on. I'm like, hey, if you want to see me running D&D &D for the Viva La Dirt League guys, this is the link to that channel. And if you want to see me playing Rebel Scum, here's the link to that one. Very smart. Keeps it consolidated I... without me having to take all of other people's videos and try and put them on my, my <laughs> just channel. Just steal them all. Just steal. It's just straight up steal. <laughs> take them all, little little thief hands so how did how did sarah's table start then what was the what was the um the beginnings of that because you said the first time you did the uh i keep wanting to say the enchanted because i'm thinking of the disney princess movie <laughs> right yeah <laughs> the, the excellence. excellence yeah uh, you said you when you first uh, did that it was before sarah's table so was it yeah well i had been so um alex abrate from level up dice and level up ttv has been we, he and i have been friends for for quite some time um and he kept being like you should come and do a thing for us come do a thing and it's just sort of like he he saw the thing from gen con and then ninth level saw the thing from gen con and he was like okay well we're starting level up ttb so this seems like a natural fit please please come and, and play with us um yeah so it just sort of like it was a very organic process mm. I and they and they just said, "Hey, what what day would work for you?" Or did they say, "Hey, we've got this yeah. time slot and this time slot"? 
actually they were like what do you what do you want to do <laughs> like <laughs> what do you got going on like well how many can you give us um yeah. so we we started doing just like i did one a month for them mm. at the beginning and then they were like i really feel like you could like let's do some more so we we bumped it up to to once a week and got got really rolling after maybe two or three months nice. and then and now the rest is history how long how, how long has it been yeah. going now how long have you been doing sarah's table um i think it's it it'll be a year in february in that year so. rough rough ballpark estimate because i don't expect you to know exactly the number because it'll probably be quite high how many different games and systems have you played oh gosh um maybe 20 20 different games and systems it's a, it's a lot like it's yeah. D, D seems to be the one that gets people from board gaming into role play tabletop role playing gaming and then people start to learn yeah. that it's not D &D the only tabletop the role marijuana yeah <laughs> it's, the, it's the gateway game <laughs> yeah 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 um so i, I want to play a little a uh, little back and forth game then uh let's start listing some okay. let's start listing some other games that you can play outside of D, &D uh obviously okay. we'll start we'll start with the obvious ones i'll go pathfinder okay um the excellence uh we'll go uh honey heist which is a one page Ooh, game yeah. about where you're playing Very bears good. bears in hats <laughs> i like i like honey heist um i will see your honey heist and i will raise you goat crashers where you are playing goats trying to infiltrate a human party and not let them know <laughs> that you are goats i've not even heard of that one that's great yeah. Same, same, uh, same guy who wrote Honey Heist. Wrote I imagined, Goat yeah, because uh, I'll, I'll continue the same uh, line uh, with Trash, uh, Crash Pandas. Crash Pandas is oh, yeah. where you're Crash playing Pandas. raccoons uh, who are also street racers. Yes. Um, also, let's get into the holiday theme and say um, Last Christmas, where you um, you time travel back in time to stop yourself from killing scrooge last christmas and accidentally setting off the apocalypse <laughs> i love it not heard of that one either i think i'd heard the name didn't know anything about it uh i will change yeah. tra track completely and go with dread which is a system that uses a jenga tower to uh, uh you don't roll any dice or anything you just anything that anytime you're trying to do something you pull a block from the tower and if it falls your character dies it's sort of a horror themed yeah. suspense thriller it's very fun um, if we're going to stay in the horror theme, I'm going to say, how about um, Basin, which is like a Scandinavian uh, mythological horror game. Mm, don't know that one. Um, let's go with Rebel Scum, which was the game, one of the games that I've played with you. Um, and it's, 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 it's a very unique, uh, completely not like any other existing IP uh, game where it's set in like a galaxy sort of a long, long way away. Um, and yeah. uh, and you're playing people with mystical sort of powers and light swords that can punch na space Nazis in the <laughs> face. Right. Um, how about... Um, well, we've already talked about it, but Sexy Battle Wizard, where you have, you have three stats, which are Sexy Battle and Wizard, and you must uh, solve all of your problems using... <laughs> one of those three things and if you get too stressed out you explode in <laughs> it is i cannot recommend it enough go and definitely go and watch the uh, the episode where we where we played it it was so much fun and uh, we were joined of course with um by some wonderful role players um Ad adrian is it adrian 
um uh adriel adriel sorry adriel uh yep um michael from dead as a gamer and josh the dreaded gm and we were all very sexy battly and wizardy it was it was very fun um yep. let's let's go um this is one i've not played myself but powered by the apocalypse that's a, another oh, yeah. system good one um numenera is great by Manny cook games Numenera, you're pulling out so many that I've not even heard of. You're definitely going to beat me at this game. I'm, I'm starting to run out. We've got uh, Monster of the Week. That's right. one uh, that's a nice, simple kind of uh, in the in the style of the uh, the TV shows, the Monster of the Week type TV shows with the Buffy the Vampire Slayer or whatever. Where every episode it's just like you kill a new monster at the end of the episode and then stand alone. Yeah, um, thirsty sword lesbians, a favorite here. <laughs> I have heard of that one, but only through you. It's wonderful. <laughs> you and Lanta have talked about that before. Yeah. Uh, what can you, what can yeah. you tell us about it? I don't know. I don't know anything about the game. Uh, so, um, <laughs> you you play basically just like a horny lesbian. Um, <laughs> you have to solve your problems. Where it's okay. So one of my favorite things is that there is a move in the game called finally kiss in a dangerous situation <laughs> and if you do that with another player character then you uh both get bonuses to <laughs> what you are doing in the rest of the scene <laughs> that is brilliant <laughs> true sorry asks are the swords the lesbians <laughs> um i mean i i'm not above giving a sentient sword to somebody <laughs> in a game so i I'm also for having the swords be lesbians. Yeah, why not? They actually just came out with an expansion um, that was that's called like, I, I believe it is called Advanced Swords and Lesbians in <laughs> Grand Tradition of Things. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's then the art is really beautiful. I think everyone should play it. Everyone find your inner lesbian. In my games, when I read it, we also uh, have a discussion in character creation about whether your lesbian is a top or a bottom or a switch. <laughs> important for role-playing purposes that you know yeah <laughs> love it um we've yeah. got what else we got we got uh pathfinder set in space it's called starfinder uh very crunchy but it's it's the same mm. pathfinder system but lots and lots of uh, numbers about like whether you've got a different armor class for whether it's a laser weapon that's shooting you or whether it's a kinetic weapon that's shooting you or whether it's fall damage or whether lots of different armor classes very crunchy nice um we also have uh, Blades in the Dark. Oh, yes. For those of you who who love rogues like I do, I'm a, a big fan of ro rogues for life. Um, if I play D&D, I want to be playing a rogue. And so this is, system is basically like, what if everyone in the party was a rogue? When <laughs> <laughs> you just get to... Um, it has a flashback mechanic, which I think is really cool, that you can like you don't have to decide right away how everything plays out. Right, like yeah. you, you can get up to a point and go, Hey, there's a guard. And like, I'm going to flash back and have bribed that guard. So, right. so yeah, good... you can, you can establish things after the fact, uh, once you know that right. you need it. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's sometimes, there's, right. go, so there's you some don't, games. You don't need to be able to figure that out. You don't have to be smart enough to have planned the heist yes. before. Smart. It's very, very clever. And, and it's how heist movies are usually told with flashbacks and things. When they, when they need a thing, you see where they got it. 
Uh, yeah, very yes. very clever. I it, I've, a friend of mine wanted to run that, but I was too busy, so he ran it with uh, with, with a bunch of my mates, and I was uh, I got the, very much the FOMO of that particular game. Like, oh, I really need to watch, need to play uh, Blazing the Dark. Um, let's see, uh, let's go with Through the Breach. Have you played that one before? It's a one that uh, uh, as a game no, that plays a lot. Not. It is a card based game, so deck of tarot cards essentially. Um, and everybody's got their own deck of cards themselves, as well as the fate deck in the center. And you turn it over, and you want a higher number to uh, to achieve the armor class, sort of thing. It's a very it's a very good game. Played it a new, number of times oh. with uh, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I love I love tarot, so that's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Definitely want to check that out. You you even use it for like the character creation as well. Like you you choose one number from each of the suits, um, and then you the numbers correspond as you turn them over to to uh, to decide on your uh, character. Whatever number you get tells you your flaws and your bonds and all of that stuff. Bit of your history of your character cool. and stuff. Um, <laughs> I love that somebody in the chat just said I put. Rob's stream on at work so I can listen to him talk and now they're talking about <laughs> right walked into my office you're welcome um also okay so burning wheel have you played burning wheel no I don't think I've heard of that one light bulb um, it's a it's a great system um, made by Luke Crane and uh it it basically is is like much heavier on on story than it is on like mechanics and and you know there's not a lot of like combat in mm. burning wheel it's more about like exploiting the relationships that you have <laughs> within your community um in my current campaign that i am playing it, i am playing a weather witch uh she can control the weather but she is a bad person so she makes money by um like making it rain um on someone's important day and then offering to make it stop oh, raining nice, yeah. if they will pay her Mag <laughs> so, magical protection yeah, racket <laughs> wouldn't yeah, it be a yeah. shame wouldn't um, it be a shame if it rained on your wedding day so, so terrible right don't you want a nice pretty Love, day and, lovely place yeah. you got here would be a shame if it burned down with a fireball <laughs> correct um yeah the, the whole party in that game is we're all just like despicable people we're just nice. like yeah we also have somebody in our party who can speak to rats and <laughs> so sometimes he'll like send his rats into a building and then go in and be like i can get rid of your rats if you pay me and then he just like takes them out and Pied Piper styles. yeah pay, pay me or i'll take nice. your kids <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i mean I've played one. Oh, and the same style as the uh, same vein as the card game before the tarot game. Um, I've played another uh, deck of cards based one. Oh, I always forget the name of it. The final year or the last year, um, and it's it's a fascinating thing. Is Never. It, is it a qui the quiet year? The quiet year. Yes, the quiet year. You, you of course you know it. Um, it's, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, for those who don't, see if I can remember it. It's been a while since I played it. You've you've arranged the deck, you've shuffled them, but then you've arranged them into the suits. Uh, and so, let's say diamonds are, are spring of that year, and then uh, and, and each each it's no, it can't be can't be thirteen because it'd be a whole year, wouldn't it? If it was the uh, week, each each one each uh, turn is a week in the year. Anyway, each, every time you turn a new card, um, at like around your turns, 
Uh, every time you turn a card, uh, you get two, two choices. Um, somebody else arrives in the village, or some, and, and, and it's you're not role playing as a single character. You're role playing as an entire like village on the map. So you've got mm-hmm. like a little, you, you start off with a very blank map and just like a village in the center. And every in the setup of the game, every person gets uh, to to draw one thing on the map, and you can draw whatever you want. Oh, I'm going to decide that there's a mountain range over here. I'm going to decide that there's a river over here. Uh, I've decided that there's a an ancient mystical ruins over this way. And once everybody's decided one, then you start playing and you turn over the, the, the top card and that's the first week. And the first week, uh, there's a tragedy occurs because your your uh, food has run out or whatever. The, the crop hasn't hasn't yielded enough vegetables for you all. And you all kind of just role play what's, what's going to happen. What does the village do to try and fix that? And then occasionally you'll turn over one that's like, add something else to the map as you are discovering certain things that are going on. So it's fascinating and weird mechanic that I, uh, uh, unlike anything else I'd ever played before, but it was fascinating yeah, for world it's building. Yeah, cool. Really and also, if you're going to be doing a, uh, a longer campaign, e- even in a different setting, it's very cool to use the quiet year to like collectively build the world that you're playing in as, as a table that so is... that you can then yeah then move on that is exactly how i intend to use it at some point as well because at some point on my youtube channel i want to have like a an actual play D game um yeah but uh, i want to sort of build the world with the fans first and so i'll have a series of like world building games that aren't D, and the quiet year is a perfect one for world building back to you cool. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm coming out uh, with more so... of these than i'm than i'm uh, i thought i, I, I thought would have run out by now so I have been doing some like solo journaling RPGs as well. Um, and there's one called Fetch by Grant Howitt, who has done a bunch of the like ridiculous ones that we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, he did Sexy Battle Wizards and mm. he did Last Christmas and he did um, yeah. Goat Crashers and Crash Pandas and that sort of stuff. But he does one called Fetch, which is like much more serious. And it is the concept is that you discover in your life that you are a you are a fetch you your body was stolen by the fairies and you are a magical construct um and the problem that happens with that is that as soon as you discover this the magic that is holding you together starts to break Uh. down so you have to journey back to yourself your body that has been stolen by the fairies um and it's a, it's like a really introspective kind of a game. And there's actually like a warning on it that if you are not in the best of mental health, <laughs> that you should not play Maybe it play because it, it really makes you kind of like dig into who right. you are and what makes you you. It's a very interesting yeah. situation. I, I find I find board games abilities to uh, to to allow you to discover things about yourself, like the, the, just role playing games and board games as the the way of the the sort of almost therapeutic nature that they have and uh, they can be almost therapy you should never treat it as therapy if you do need to speak to somebody properly then your gaming table shouldn't have that burden um because we're not all trained therapists uh but it can definitely have therapeutic elements to it um you can definitely learn more about who you are by playing somebody new somebody different and it sounds like that sort Mm -hmm. of game would be perfect for that if you're in the right mindset to do it it seems like your video is frozen. Let's see if, it, see if my internet catches up. Oh, no, you're back. Oh, you're no. Back. Oh, yeah, I no, mean, you're, you're back. Maybe it's just, I just sometimes can be very still. One of my jobs <laughs> involves me being very, very still for a long period of time. 
Are you a, are so. you a, a, a life model? I am. There you go. I guessed it. It was either that or, or human statue on the street. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of both, I guess, at this point. It's, it's kind of, there's a big overlap. It's a little cold in Chicago for that at the moment. But. So there's a two-player RPG called The Tower. Uh, I don't think it's actually published, but it's, it uses a deck of cards. Uh, one player is playing as like the kind of the game master, but more more of like role playing the deity of uh, the other player, who is who is some kind of divine uh, follower. It doesn't have to be like a holy holy paladin or anything. I, the first time I played it, I was a necromancer, uh, grave digger. Um, <laughs> I was a grave robin, uh, kind of a root and toot and cowboy kind of grave robber. <clears throat> but the tower is sort of metaphorical in that you you are acquiring artifacts as you go and then you can use those in other scenes to give yourself a plus to, to certain roles. So if you roll a three of hearts and you really needed a five to succeed you, and you've got two artifacts back in your tower, um, you're like, oh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll use those now for another two. And it's very much, a, again, it's a very much a, um, a world building kind of a game. You, you, uh, the uh, game that we, we ended up running together ended up being lifted and put into another game that that friend then ran for me in a another system oh and that reminds me of another one i've got one more i can i can do before i'm out i think i've just thought of that one last one excellent all right back to you uh so there there's um thousand year old vampire where you play a thousand year old vampire and um you get to tell your story and it's called mural of vampire uh thousand year thousand year old vampire I think you, uh, your audio yeah. cut out in the middle and missed it. Thousand-year-old oh, vampire, wow. where you play a thousand-year-old vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward. <Yeah. laughs> Which reminds me of Vampire Masquerade. Well, I haven't yeah, played oh, that one before. Excellent. Was that the one you had thought of, or no, was that an no, extra one? No, that was an one. extra one, because you said vampire, and it <laughs> reminded me of it. I haven't played it. Have you ever played it? Okay, well, I'm gonna. I'm probably going to help you out a little bit, um, because my thought is, on this one is, uh, women are werewolves. Um which is a game about uh, n being non-binary in a in a world where all of the women turn into werewolves on the full moon and how that like affects if if you do turn or if you do not how that affects your perception of your own gender and how people oh. treat you and your and your gender oh, okay so in so does it explore people who are who sort of present as male but turn into werewolves um, so you play a non-binary non character, right? Uh, and then you get to decide whether or not your character turns, and right. how how the other people in your like were werewolf clan treat you because of that. And like, um, it, yes, it's it's wow, that seems like it seems like there's a yeah. lot a lot in a role playing game. There seems again like yeah, we were saying before, lots it's pretty of heavy. To 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 get into <clears throat> with your own uh, yeah. uh just like introspective tells you a lot about yourself as you're playing the game maybe yeah there's a lot of um that one is another one that has like warnings on it of like <laughs> yeah. this could this could bring up some stuff so like be aware of going into it that you are comfortable at your table and that you are like you trust the people around you kind of a mm. thing um, I'm trying to think which one you think that would have, uh, which would have given me. Uh, there's obviously Werewolf, which is a, a, a sort of role-playing game. I don't know if it, I, I always consider it more of a, 
I suppose it is. Yeah, it's. I I I always think of it as a party game, but I suppose you don't have to be drunk at a party to play it. <laughs> it, it has is. to be. It helps. <laughs> it does help. It helps. It's the only times I've ever played it is at parties, um, uh, or at the the gaming shops and things. But yeah, Werewolf is a role playing game. I suppose. Yeah, never really thought of it that yeah. way. Yeah, and for those who don't know, you um, you're given you're handed roles on cards, and you look at them in secret. And you might be the villager, you might be a tanner, you might be a werewolf, you might be a sheriff or whatever. Um, and and then you close your eyes. Everybody closes their eyes, and then there's an audio th- audio track that plays that tells you if you're a werewolf, open your eyes and see who the other werewolves are. And see who else is here. Yeah. And now and now close your eyes. If you're a if you're the sheriff, open your eyes and choose one person that you want to. Uh, accused of being a werewolf and whatever uh, you've all got different roles and different things you can do and then once it's all done you open your eyes and you have like five minutes to discuss and like try and vote somebody out as being a werewolf it is a good one yeah so a little bit like survivor <coughs> that way yeah boating off the island um there's also tiny tasks where oh, you I play didn't, i didn't talk about that one yeah of course <laughs> where you you play half um half you are half orc and half something else and then you you use that. Um, it's sort of like your coming of age. So you get to play your coming of age ceremony, where <laughs> like, at, at you become you know an adult orc of the tribe, or, um, but you get to decide like how much of your other half plays into that. And, like, <laughs> is your mother the the one that is the orc, or is so, it your father? And how so does there that is a things? yeah. There's a great example of tiny tusks over on ninth level games um, with you playing with three puppets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeet the Kobold, uh, uh, yes. Um, uh, Cucumber uh, from Ninth uh, from um, Perception Studios, and um, yeah. Um, his name's his name's failing me. Uh, um, the, the other one from uh, the blue one, yeah. The Perception Studios. Yeah, <laughs> um, the other one from Perception Studios. Um, and it's yeah. and it's very good, um, very enjoyable. And when you when you introduced it. I was like, oh, okay, so the so the the introduction scene is you uh, introducing your character and who, you're half orc and half something else and go through this like, and then you and then and then the actual meat of it is you go off an adventure together, and it's like no no mm-hmm. the, the the entire episode is you just introducing yourselves and describing who you are and where you came from and what your society is and your culture and how those how those two meet, uh, why did the orc breed yeah. with the mermaid, <laughs> whatever else yeah yeah. Well, and like I wouldn't necessarily take all of the puppet episodes as how the games usually <laughs> the, run. How the game um, is played. <laughs> there's there's something that happens when you are playing a puppet where they literally just like it takes away this layer of social niceties uh, <laughs> and just it's it's kind of just chaos at that point. Um, lots of fun, but like I do need a nap at the end of it for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I think I'll I'll admit defeat. Uh, the other the only other one I could think of was one that's just called anime RPG, <laughs> and it was a friend of mine that ran it. And it is, as it sounds, just very anime like. You, your characters are over the top. You can play like uh, magical schoolgirls and uh, just like, and you level up super quick. Like maybe once or twice per per session, you're leveling up. And so by the time you get to like level sixty, you've got these super duper amazing anime powers and. It was very fun, and and That's of course fun. the final, and it was set in all in a high school uh, when my friend ran it, and um, it can yeah. be set anywhere, but yeah, it obviously makes sense to set it in a high school because of so many animes that are set in high schools. 
Um, and then we and then we fought like the prince. We fought all these different teachers that that would, all had like a very distinctive person. One of them was like the gambler, and so he was, he, he spoke with like this cowboy accent. And then when he when he did his transformation, he put on his cowboy hat and picked up a picked up a slot machine and used that as a gun as he's fi- fi- pulling the one armed bandit sort of and firing out coins. Yeah. And uh, any of his uh, any of his abilities were super high damaging, but there were there there was a risk and reward situation. If he didn't roll high enough, then not only did he not hit but he hurt himself so yeah i think oh, i think yeah. a lot of i think yeah. a lot of it my mate was just making up rules for but it was it was a lot of fun and then and then the final one the final i bad mean guy was a big, i'm a big proponent of, of just like like because it's just to have fun you know yeah, like let's uh, yeah i'll let you try to do that okay, yeah, sure whatever absolutely. it is it was a lot of fun um so i think you win there uh, especially if you can think of any more any last one well um i also just recently played um the alien rpg oh okay i I'll, I'll only just watched alien for the first time just the other day oh really yeah I, so oh. in a uh, in the upcoming episodes of viva the dirt league uh there's something happens where uh one of the guys at the table says oh it's like um alien and the other one goes oh it's kind of like predator as well because of this other thing and i was like well I haven't seen either, so you can't accuse me of yeah. stealing it from those things. And they just... Oh my gosh. They, 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 it ground the session to a halt immediately. Somebody pulled the emergency brake and went, whoa, whoa, hold up. You've never seen Alien or Predator. Ah. And I was like, no, I, I, I never... like it's, It was never my thing growing up. I wasn't into horror movies and wow. whatever. And he was like, you got to see him. you got to see him. It's not It's not even that scary now. you got to... Yeah. <laughs> so I, I li- literally that uh, night I went home and watched um, Alien. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I, I have so to I know, did you watched. like Alien? I can appreciate it for its uh, for its nature as a classic film and like the first of its kind in a lot of ways. A lot of it was just too. Mm. They, it felt a little self indulgent in its trying to build suspense in parts. In that it it takes takes like forty yes. minutes at the start of the movie before you even get into anything oh. exciting. <laughs> in that sense, in like an yeah. action sense. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that's There's... that's very. Um deliberate i would say and very james cameron for hmm. like that's a that's a stylistic choice i believe um, yeah it, it's 40 minutes of 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 building the scene uh which t- yeah, which took yeah. which, which just felt a little long i it, it held for like the first yeah, 20 minutes right. and then i was like when is when are they going to meet an alien um and then they finally meet an egg and and all the rest of it and interestingly uh the other thing about it was that um i because it's such a, a, a iconic classic film that was uh, um, unique in so many ways, most of it had, had diluted down to me through the zeitgeist. So I already knew about the eggs and the, the eggs that are in the mist, and obviously the uh, face hugger, the uh, chest bursting scene, the the, sh- the, yeah, the entire yeah. sort of design of the xenomorph, um, and the fact that pretty much everybody except for Sigourney Weaver dies. I knew all of that about it. What yeah. I didn't, what somehow yeah. had never made it to, to me though, was the fact that one of them was a robot that milk, that, that swept milk. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so when that scene had started happening, I was like, what is this? What is going on here? <laughs> this is something that actually managed to catch me off guard. This, this is new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like also, it taught me to not um, trust Paul Reiser. He's a bad man. <laughs> um, uh, but like, I, I I always describe it as like the perfect reason to always listen to um, a smart woman in the 
in your group because just, like they just didn't immediately listen to her she, and just immediately she's like no died. you're not coming back on obviously because we could all right. die and then they're like right, oh, exactly. okay everybody comes back on. this is what happens when you break quarantine come on people yeah um yeah also uh just just sort of like it was classic just really cla- like the the ambiance that it was able to create it's and it's funny because um one of my very early burlesque numbers is uh, an alien number. Really? It's my partner's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did. Um, we had a sci-fi show early and I did an alien number as Ripley and then a princess um, Leia number. I mean, I, I, when you said alien burlesque, I was like, okay, how is, how is that going to, and, and, and what I got in mind is you're wearing a white shirt and then and then yes. like and then you and then you rip it open from here and instead of uh, pasties you've got tiny little aliens that are, <laughs> that are bursting out of your chest. So um, so I I did the chest burster, but I did it with a red scarf so that I could oh yes um, sort of like do part of it. Um, and then I had uh, but the and I do rip I do rip the shirt off, but the main gag of that is that I'm wearing a face hugger, but as a merkin. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. Did you? So that was uh, you. Don't you can't just buy one of those, presumably. <laughs> no, no. I I had specially made. Yeah. Um. So the back, the the front is the is the face yep. hugger, right? And, and with all tail. of the little arms that come out, and then the back is the tail that comes up, and it sort of like curves around. Um that's the that's the whole shtick that's it was i built it around that because i was like (laughs) i like was talking to my partner about it and i was like okay so listen is this too crazy face hugger (laughs) merkin and he was like i'm excited to see what happens go ahead and i was like all right great (laughs) (laughs) so uh people people are saying uh we're confusing alien merkin People oh. are, no, people are saying we're confusing alien and aliens. Aliens is yeah. aliens I mean, is James Cameron. Oh. Alien was uh, Ridley Scott. That's that's fair. <laughs> um, but I I sort of sorry I I take it as as a franchise. Yeah. Uh, I haven't my, seen my... I haven't seen Aliens yet, but I'm told that if I found Alien a little bit too lacking in action, Aliens will scratch that itch. I mean, it's a lot more. Oh action. yes. No, I don't do a full. Somebody just asked. I don't do a full xenomorph suit for the burlesque show. <laughs> Too much. That would be the opposite. Of, you'd be putting on. It's... You'd be putting on clothes during the. Performance. It's very difficult. It's very Big difficult to, to take off a full exoskeleton during in it. So yeah. fine. Um. So to, I can't remember what. We, oh, you were talking about the alien TTRPG. What? How does? How does that work? Oh yeah. What's, what's so the there deal? are two separate like, there's two tracks for the the rpg um they release modules that are like cinematics where you can um you, you know you you play through your module but it you have like goals you you pick a character and then your character has specific goals those goals do not always align mm-hmm. with the rest of the in in true alien fashion um that you might not in order to to reach your goal, you might torpedo the rest of your party. Um, and or, the, or jeopardize you... the entire mission by going after a stupid cat, maybe. 
Oh yeah. Well, example. one of the things it, when I was playing one of them, um, my job was to get a specimen off the space station. Mm. Um, and someone else's job was to not let any specimens off the space station. Directly mutually exclusive tasks. Yeah, and I did succeed, but then it hatched and did kill us. <laughs> so when like I don't when, I don't know that I want like the wind condition was lost. met. But yeah. then, like, well, it's it's very similar to uh, there's a board game I play called Nemesis, um, and it's very much more of a board game than a role playing game. Uh, but it's set in sort of the alien world. You're on it. You wake up on a ship, and you've got to explore room to room, and you've got tasks. And each of you have got a task that may be counter to other people's tasks, um, mm. and you may you may you may complete a task but then also die. <laughs> so you've kind of got two conditions: you've got to you've got to complete your task if possible, and you've got to survive and get back to Earth. Uh, wow. So it's like if you win, you can win one without winning the other, um, which is what happened with me the other day. We were, we were playing; I was playing it with a friend, and uh, and my my personal task was. Uh, un uncover two of the weaknesses of the alien by like taking one of their specimens to the lab. You got to walk walk around the ship till you find the lab, and then uh, and then and then drop off the dead bodies and, uh, and and scan them. So I managed to do that, and then I was killed. So, so I was like, well, I, I succeeded my personal mission. You did it, yeah. But then we that didn't right. succeed the, the actual mission. So it's fun. Yeah, Alien is very much about that. It seems. Very much about the hopelessness of, of yeah. dying in all its uh, forms. <laughs> in space, where no one can hear you scream. So, are there, of all those many, 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 many different uh, role-playing games that we've talked about, yeah. Um, yeah. which which one have you not yet run yourself that you would that you would most love to? What's the what's your uh, wish list of them? Oh gosh. Um... I actually run most of the time. Uh, mm -hmm. I would love to play more. That would mm -hmm. be fun. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull one in that I didn't talk about because I can't help myself. Um, one that I really want to play in is called uh, Wander Home. Wander Home. And it is... Um, it's by Possum Creek Games. And it has been in, uh, described as like, like you're in Redwall. I don't. Did you ever read the the Redwall no, books? So it's like you're like friends with talking animals, and it's <laughs> like just a really chill kind of experience. And you, um, it, it. I also heard it described as like if you were in. A Miyazaki film in like the calm right. sections yes. of a Miyazaki in the, film. in the calm sections of it. Yeah. Um, the calm sections. Um, yeah, I just like every so often I'm like, I really want to like just play something chill where I can like be just like a nice escape. A nice, and it's like, called it's <gasps> called Wandering Home. Want yeah, wander home. Wander home. What's and and your goal it's is to name... wander home. To find your way back out oh, of the yeah. forest with your mystical animal friends and just, just yeah. In, in, what's so if it's chill and relaxing and all of this, what's the, is there conflict? What's what's the what's the driving force? Yeah, I, there's there's conflict um, in in like, it, in that you are on a journey, mm -hmm. um, but it's not a, 
like I I personally don't gravitate towards like super combat heavy games. Yeah. Um, it's just like not in my particular nature. I don't yeah. I don't want to stab everything. Uh, so this is a this is one where it's it's more about um more more about the relationships. It's more about the role play than it yeah. is about about that. Like I just I and I am an an actor and so yeah. um I like I like getting a chance to sort of in like in terms of then yeah in in terms of then what you do gravitate towards like what what sort of what do you look for in a game do you do you enjoy the really uh crunch crunch light like you roll a single dice you've got three numbers to choose from that's it you prefer that sort of game or do you like much more pathfindery uh when you're playing rather than running and 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 is there a difference um yeah i mean i think I think I, I, when playing or running, I, I like things that are not, I'm going to get stuck in all these dice. Like, I feel like, um, I don't love math. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I don't want to spend a bunch of time doing really complicated math equations in order to, to do what I'm trying to do. Um, (laughs) I, I like having really I've had some really lovely like authentic moments at at a table um I I like but like there's been there's been times that I've been so engrossed and stuff and it, it's happened a couple times on stream when I've been playing like where I've like cried you know like because I was really in in the moment and like that's what was going on with my mm-hmm. characters and it was really there um i just like being uh i I like the story aspect telling the story versus like yeah and then it was really cool because i like you know i i I hit him with my axe 18 times (laughs) that is pretty cool though being able to hit a creature 18 times in a single turn it's pretty pretty cool cool. whirlwind Just like like a monk with an axe yeah. somehow. I don't know how it happened, but flurry of blows. But... Got four four um four arms each holding an axe. Yeah. Just spinning in the spot like Tasmanian devil. Yeah, I, I um All right, fine. I'll oh, do that, that. That reminded me actually of a, um another one called Seven Seventh C, I think it was, Seven Cs. I played yes. that um with Jamie from uh, Level Up as well. Um, and yeah, that that was very much like a you 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 guys as the players are also helping with the dungeon mastering. You can tell you can tell me like if you want if you want there to be a chandelier in the scene that you can swing off of to do your cool move. There's now a chandelier here. Kind of thing. And then you do it. Like, and yeah. then you can be like, oh, uh, there's a there's a barrel in the corner that's filled with tar for when we tar and feather people. And I'm gonna obviously it's pirate themed seven seas. And and so you're on yeah. a ship for the most part, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna tip this barrel over and set fire to it. And they're like, all right, let's do it. Let's roll for it. And it's a single. So it's just a set of d10, and so it's like a single type of dice. You know, you, you, you're taking away some of the, some, some of the problem that can be found in D and D, where you go in. All right, roll me a d8, and your players go, oh, uh, is it this one? Which one is the d8? Is where it, which is which my, one? Oh, so who's yeah. got a d8? Is that? Oh, I give it to you because you uh, cast this spell earlier, and you needed more d8s than you had. <laughs> uh, so give me that back, and I'll roll this here. Oh shoot! I'm rolling a d12. Oops, instead of a d20. 
I don't know how I got a 10 on this D8, but <laughs> it take happened, it. It happened at the table um, uh, for this latest Viva La Dirt League session. Uh, he hit me with a great axe and, uh, and and rolled a nat 20. And he was like, oh, 20! And I was like, how you get a 20 on a D12, bud? And he's like, oh. oh. How'd you do that? Oh, oh, shit. And he was super excited that he got a nat 20. And then he was super disappointed oh. immediately. <laughs> and I told him that you can't get a 20 on a D12. <laughs> love it though like it's very exciting you did a lot of damage <laughs> yeah i um i can definitely appreciate both personally i like i do like um having tables and numbers and systems and things because it gives your character like somewhere you can feel like it's, if, it, if it's a game that's going to be running for a while i want something with more crunch because then i can feel i can track leveling up i can track the ability yeah. unlocking new abilities and getting pluses and bonuses to things that i didn't have before it can make you feel like more of a hero's journey if you just want a one shot where you're feeling like a hero the whole time i can definitely appreciate systems that are like you've got one page you've got two dice that you roll and you've got three stats at most and and then you just you don't need yep. to waste waste your precious like two you've got two hours to play you don't need to waste any right. of that precious time looking up what you can do or even make it like if you if you're playing a one-shot character in D D, you spend more time creating the character than you do playing playing as the character which yeah can be a bit of a problem i think sometimes it's a little issue. <laughs> i um our current home campaign um i'm playing a tabaxi monk oh, yeah. um her name good, is good uh, storm on the horizon um and she uh she's very good at at slapping everybody just like just very that's her, her open, favorite thing to do open hand slap just, yeah just like a cat you know like when they oh, want to yeah <laughs> pawing yeah yeah batting so, ba batting at creatures instead of actually <laughs> yeah. hacking at them smart fine um how did you uh, how did you meet the perception studios guys uh through level up TTV. Yeah. Um, I needed well because we only had a certain number of puppets. Um, the the kobolds are there's only a, there's three puppets and we mm. wanted four four players at the table and I'm I just like was not gonna do that to another human <laughs> to make them be the player with with three puppets. Um, where, where, so, did the, uh, where did the kobold puppets come from and why is why is there only three of them what's they were created for so, kobold ate my baby yes so um I, I believe that kobold ate my baby was the first game that ninth level ever put out right uh and so they are in the process of of turning kobold ate my baby into um the polymorph system and so they're sort of like they're like doing an update for it um for those of you who have not played Kobolds Ate My Baby, <laughs> you play Kobolds um, who are on a mission to go get babies for um, their king, uh, King Torque. I'll hail King Torque. Um, uh, so that he can eat them. So you are, you're supposed to go retrieve a baby to bring back to your king. And uh, you have to fight against your Kobold nature the whole time. Because you want to... <laughs> 
like eat the baby or like one of the things that could be a problem is that you could be in heat and so then like or you could be um or you yourself could taste like baby yeah that's um, that's one of the great things about that game is that it gives you a and D tries to do it as well with like the flaws and the ideals and the bonds and everything but this one is just like a very very simple one you roll and you get the uh, one benefit one what, what do they call it one one uh, adv- edge one edge and one, one uh, edge yeah one edge and one setback of some kind one bogey that's what they call it, isn't it? the edge and the bogey yeah, bogey bogey yeah uh, and your and your uh, edge is something like you you i don't know you 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 have a magic spell or something i i, I can't remember exactly what right sort of or like you can, you can you can be um very like you're very fast or something right. but like just like the, a little bonus just not not, not something amazing not something with necessarily with mechanical things but something that you can draw on at some point in the in the game and be like oh because i'm really fast can i try this thing um and then you get a bogey which is like you you smell like babies or you taste like a baby or you you're really flammable um. <laughs> Flammable, I like. But I like that one a lot. So you're very flammable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're so you're doing it. So in their push to do this changeover to um, turn it into the polymorph system, they they commissioned three cobalt puppets um, to look like the drawings from the original game. Right. Gotcha. Um, who are done by John? I don't John remember Cena. his last name. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that seems right. Um, Could be. What would it? What would you do if you uh, looked it up right now and realized it was John Cena that made those puppets? I that would be um, really impressive, <laughs> actually. He's just got a sidekick. Um, it's just it keeps it keeps it under wraps. Doesn't like to promote it much. It's just a hobby for him. Um, it's by John, John Kavalik did the art. Um, who it may know from he also did all the art for all the munchkin games the steve jackson ah, munchkin game right okay. um, very distinctive style he did he did the 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 kobolds and so um they translate very well into puppets the way that he that he drew them so they have three um one that has two small eyes one yeah. that has two big eyes and one that has one of each um and they started making TikToks with them, and they started playing with them, and doing all about a bunch of random stuff. Um, and then they were like, "Well, this has been very fun. What if we bring in more puppets?" And then they just drown me in puppets forever. <laughs> they are fun though. Those puppets are just chaotic and crazy. I've I had the I had the the uh, the opportunity to play with the Perception Studio folk. Um, for promoting the um so uh, the, the red dragon in the eighth eighth mm-hmm. edition of that game um and that was that was tremendous fun uh meeting and they're meeting so cucumber and... and playing playing with him and like get, seeing him in the quote-unquote green room um before the, yeah <laughs> before the uh before the session starts it's it's such fun and I uh, and I got to play with the guy who uh, controls um, uh, Yeet as well uh, in in Rebel Scum. So it's all connected. Comes yes. all back around. Yes, he refers to himself as the Fat Wizard. The Fat Wizard. He is. If he is not, if he is not controlling Yeet, Yeet calls Chris O'Neill the Fat Wizard. <laughs> the Fat Wizard, the Fat Wizard that controls him. And. Uh, mm-hmm. And when uh, I'm just looking at the screen now and seeing you're at Pixies and Pins, can you tell me where that came from? Where, why, why Pixies and Pins? Why not at Sarah's table? I, I assume Pixies and Pins was already established, is why. 
Yeah, Pixies and Pins came far before any of that. Um, the best advice that I was ever given uh, was always carry pixie dust and safety pins in your pocket <laughs> because any problem you encounter can be solved with magic and practicality. That's pretty smart. Magic and practicality. So it became... I couldn't do pixie dust and safety pins because it's too long. Too long, yeah. It wouldn't let me. But pixies and pins are the nice way to it. It became pixies and pins. Yeah. It's very cool. It's, it reminded me of uh, something I was told, which was uh, you can fix any problem with um, with duct tape or WD-40. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure if WD-40 is the brand name, and you don't know. It's the the spray that can it says if you if it if it doesn't yeah. move and it should WD-40. <laughs> yes. And if it moves and it shouldn't. If it does move and shouldn't. Yeah. D- duct, duct tape, tape. <laughs> <laughs> fixes everything. With you. Um, yep, cool. Yep. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll be letting you uh, get off soon, but um, we oh. should talk a little more about uh, you. You mentioned it at the top. Uh, World of Caldea was it? World of Caldea. Cal- yeah, World of Caldea. Caldea. Um, it's a. Uh, it's just like a really big project, um, and Peter likes to say that he is going to be working on it until he dies. So <laughs> we, we already have um, seven seasons planned. So season one Ooh. is already released mm-hmm. um if you go to our youtube channel which is uh youtube.com slash world of caldea c-h-a-l-d-e-a um Spell oh thank again. you chat c-h-a-l-d-e-a <laughs> that's the one right, it's in there chat's there. helping there thanks go. guys you're the best um and uh season two we have shot part of and we have our our um, studio vaults studio vaults is our art studio that is working on it mm. um they're doing all of the like motion graphic stuff currently um it's it we had a setback because of um this weird global thing that's happening um what, that uh, caused us all to have to slow down I, yeah you... i mean it's just a, like a little something um Something I probably wouldn't have heard of. So, pass me by. Yeah, so it was brand new. Uh, so we we are in the process of um, of getting ready to to dive more into to season two to be able to get it out. Um, but I do a ton for them. So I run their IMDb page. I do their podcast. I um, I do all their social media, and uh, I also am an actor. I play Poppy. She is like the lowest lane of D D. Like she's a, an investigative reporter. Uh and I host a lot of parties for them, which is fun. <laughs> Whenever we go to a convention for Caldia, um Peter always says people don't come to panels, but they come to parties. So we <laughs> right. host a party and we, you know, like we'll screen something that we've done. Um but it's mostly just like come and have a couple drinks and like then while you're here we're gonna talk to you about this show um that's smart <laughs> smart yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 <laughs> yeah. don't pitch it to them as hey come and listen to us about this show come to us pitch it as like hey come and chill out and have a nice time yeah and also i'm gonna sneak this show yeah. thing in here well also, we're um... <clears throat> because i paid for your booze you yeah. have to listen to you me have now. to listen to me while we're while we're on the topic of conventions, <clears throat> I've I've I'm, yeah. I'm on the uh, recently out of the closet nerd. Um, I I was I was not a nerd growing up. 
I was I I, I didn't real or at least I, I was and didn't realize it until recently when I when I had an awakening within myself. Um, I've, yeah, I've only been playing D and D for about five years. <clears throat> did so you I've get never... your Did you get your toaster oven? Did they send it to you? They, no, they didn't. They never never mm. sent me it yet. Uh, I think it's because of the pandemic right. and things. It's got lost in the post. Or something. Right. I'm sure it's in the mail. It's I'm the, sure it's the, it's it's the mail crisis issues. of the yeah. the ship that's sideways and upside down and some canals mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> my. Is this how ships are meant to go? Is this is yeah. this right? I don't think I don't think I did something right here. Um, so <laughs> we so so I'd never actually been to a convention, a nerd convention yet. But right oh. before right before the the uh, pandemic sort of went down in March of last year, um, in about February of last year, we got contacted by Wizards of the Coast um, to say, "Hey, we really love what you're doing with the Evil of Dirt League things. Would you like to come to D and D live in March um, mm. and like be a part of the panel and everything and like meet?" critical role and all these other people and work with these cool people and we'll fly you out business class all expenses paid to california all this and i was like this is yeah this is literally unbelievable and then and then of course immediately afterwards they were like hey everything's cancelled in the world <laughs> so so that was my first of the disappointing uh, uh convention cancellations so then sad. i was I'm so then, sorry. then i then i bought tickets to go to pax australia um, and I was like mm. super excited to that uh, for that uh, this year. It was meant to be in oct early October this year, um, and and oh. then of course everything continued to be cancelled. <laughs> Uh, then there yeah. was there was a much much smaller scale one, uh, Armageddon, which is Auckland's version of uh, nerd conventions, and everything was continued, and that's been cancelled again until next year. So still, so still nothing. So still not. So, so I've still never been to a, a, a physical oh, convention. Yeah. I was uh, invited to, and thankfully I got the chance to um, participate in uh, GaryCon uh, earlier this year. Uh, I did. I ran a game for that online. But um, but you mentioned that you got into doing your uh, before Sarah's table. The thing that prompted Sarah's table was that they saw you at uh, was it GenCon you said. Um, yeah. So tell tell me how did you so let's keep pushing that back and find out was was your origin story even before that? How did you how did you get to be playing games at GenCon? So uh, Peter owns GenCon. Oh well, that would, and, yeah, yeah, that helps, and, uh, helps to have a connection like that. Yeah, right. And then I. <laughs> so then we can push. Um, we can just keep pushing it back, though. How did you meet Peter? Okay, so this is an excellent story that does not paint me in the best light. Are we ready? <laughs> We're ready for it. Um, like ten years ago, uh, I was at Gen Con for my own stuff, just like as a guest, just being there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I entered a raffle to play a game of Fiasco with the owner of Gen Con. And my name was picked. And uh, we went, I, I went, it was uh, held in like, because he, he, he's in the, the governor's suite. So it's like a big fancy suite with like extra, you know, there's like three or four rooms in it. It's really, really fancy. Um, and we, I went there and he was providing lunch and it was me. And I don't know if any of y'all watching have ever been to a gaming convention, but it turns out that there's a lot of very large dudes at what? gaming conventions. Um, I know this is a surprise. Probably, uh, probably hairless though, right? Like bald faced, yeah. large dudes. Yeah, large dudes, and um, they. He also provided mimosas, and I 
with keeping up with everybody <laughs> mimosas that they were drinking. Um, and I am not a very large dude, so <laughs> I got hammered. But the elves would the ears would suggest you're an elf, and elves can't get drunk, right? Mm, let me tell you what it happens. Uh, <laughs> I was very, I was very drunk, um, and uh, the, uh, we were we had wrapped the game, and he Peter said I have recently started being uh, you know I've I've pivoted I wanna I wanna make movies I like movies I think they're cool I'm gonna try to make them and and so he was getting ready to cast his first short film and I was like in my drunken state i was like i am an actress and you should definitely hire me um and like drunkenly gave him my business card uh and then he like poured me into the elevator and was like thanks so much <laughs> um and i i like sobered up a little while later and was like oh no i mishandled that that was bad and then I got an email from him that was like, so sorry, it's already been cast, but I'll keep you in mind for future projects. And I was like, oh, I know what this email means. This yeah. is a no. Thank yeah. you. Um, and uh, and then I, I found he lives in Seattle. And so I found myself out in Seattle and I had responded to his email and was like, I'm going to be out here. Like, if you're interested in hanging out, mm -hmm. like, like, like chatting and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, yeah, oh, let's have lunch. Um picked me up for lunch. We went to a martini bar for lunch. I didn't realize until about halfway through this lunch that it was a job interview. Oh. And I had, I, <clears throat> he kept buying me glasses of wine. <laughs> He's like, so, mm, I'm not, there's something about you that's different to the, how I remember you. I, know, don't, so, I we, don't remember get, you. You must be drunk. Let's get that um, back. So I, uh, again, took, I had too much wine and this is not a thing. I am not like a big drinker. And so this is like really out of character for me and I feel terrible about it. But by the end of that lunch, he was referring to this character that he had been talking to, uh, talking about as, as you, and you would be doing this and your character. And so he cast me in his big brawling fantasy epic, Caldea, in, at that, that lunch. And then I went back to where I was staying, and I took a nap because I was drunk. Yeah. So sounds like a good sounds like a good job interview, to be honest. Yeah, As job interviews you know, go, I, I really feel like pretty it's good probably to enter not... one sober and leave a job interview drunk. And leave one drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not how you should do every job interview, but like for this particular one, it it works quite well. So that yeah, is, and that I've is been quite the story. I've been just sort of like slowly doing more and more stuff for them. Like yeah. I didn't start doing their social media until um, probably after uh, like about a year after I had been working with them. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, you should tweet the booth number out. And Peter was like, I don't, how do you do that? I don't know I how to like, tweet. Oh. Yeah. And then, so within like four hours, he was like, what if I just pay you to do it? I don't want to. I was like, okay. So I just keep, kept getting more stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm waiting for the part that doesn't paint you in a good light. I, I was expecting you to vomit That's on his shoes or something. She <laughs> was playing part. you with mimosas and wine. That's, well, it's true. That's that's on um, him. And and as uh, now our tradition now is to uh, to toast 
to at good stuff by having mimosas. We try to at every convention. He and I have a mimosa <laughs> together. Very cool. To com- um, commemorate. So tell me about other conventions you've been to. What's your what are your what's your experience with them, either before or after that event? <laughs> yeah. Um, so generally, when I go to conventions now, it's because I am working for Caldia. Yeah. Um, which means that I host a party. I usually do a panel. Sometimes I play in a in like an exhibition game. Um, it's been. It's it's been super nice. Uh I I get to meet a lot of people who are like very important. Um and I have been able to really kind of like de- like I don't realize who they are and why I should be intimidated by them until after they're gone. And <laughs> then I'm like, "Oh, shit." <laughs> I mean, that's for the best though. That's the best way to do it. You like is then same with your job interview, not realizing it was a job interview. If you had, you'd have gone into it differently with a different frame of mind. Yeah. You'd have been nervous, yeah. anxious. You'd have been thinking, overthinking things, perhaps answering differently. Yeah. You wouldn't have been yourself. Yes. So it was very relaxed. It's, it's great. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been very cool to be able to just like chat um, with it's... people. I I tell the story about how I accidentally shit talked three point five <laughs> to Jonathan Tweet, <laughs> who wrote it. How did you? Um... How did that? How did that come about? <laughs> I mean, he was he, he was wearing a, he was he was wearing a, a badge that says I wrote three point five. Ask me anything, <laughs> and you were like, yeah, three point five. <laughs> Fucking hate that. It's the worst. I hate that. <laughs> we were at the Dead Dog Party, which is the at the very end of Gen Con. One of the things that you do with the like Peter hosts a big party for like everybody who worked it. Um, and so we we were at we were at Dead Dog, and Jonathan had um. Yeah, he had designed two different short form RPGs for us to use at in convention settings. And so I had been, you know, hanging out with him the whole con, basically. Uh, and <laughs> we were at the dead dog party. And I mentioned how I don't like how, like, really crunchy systems, I feel like that gets in the way of the RP experience, which right. is what I'm looking for. And because he's who he is, he said, Right, like how 3.5 of the dice get in the way. And I was like, exactly like 3.5. And, you know, whenever I had played that, it was like, it just didn't have a good time. And then I paused and was like, you wrote that. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I did. I was like, well. There's some honest feedback for you, mate. I can't take it back. What do you want? You, well, you think people are out there saying 3.5? Super easy to pick up. No crunch to that. It's not like he, know, it's not like yeah. he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, he knows. And he, he was gracious about it. And, like, he doesn't hate me. I still I still text him every once in a while. He doesn't We're hate good. me to your We're face. <laughs> he doesn't hate me to my face. That's true. He can hate me later. I, um, I've always been of that frame of mind, though, of, like, don't. I don't. I try not to worry myself about who somebody is in super important, whether they're super important, and I should be f- fearful of them, because it's one of the reasons I kind of hated my time as an actor. I I, I don't mm. really consider myself an actor these days. I, I talk about yeah. my acting as being like I used to be an actor rather than like I'm still an actor, and I do act these days, but it just it's all through the lens of D and D. So I, I, I it feels much more like a, a DM. 
than an actor. Yeah. But it's just something about it that was like, it just always felt sleazy to be like learning everything about a person and, and, and before you meet them. And and I think maybe some of it comes from the fact that I'm English and there's like stereotypes about the English as being like, you need to be formally introduced to a person before you assume to meet them. If I met Tom Hanks, I would like, I'd introduce myself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just assume to know who he is kind of thing. I've, I know who he is, but I don't know him. Right. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak to him as if I knew him. And and it's the same with if I'd have met Gary Gygax or whatever. Like if I if I met Luke, if yeah. I met Matt Mercer, I wouldn't be like, I'd, I'd obviously say, hey, I'm a huge fan or whatever. I wouldn't pretend like I didn't know who he was. But I, right. but but I also wouldn't presume to know him or know everything about him. I I I I, I just don't like the sense of. Oh, this person invented this thing that uh, that's tangentially related to this other thing that you like, and therefore you, he's important, and you should revere him, kind of thing. You should know everything about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. And it can and I it can obviously bite it's... you in the ass if that person, if the person feels like they should be revered. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but then I feel like you don't really want to hang out with them. <laughs> Probably they, not. If they're gonna act like that, yeah. yeah. Um. And, and and also yeah, it's, like it's it's, it's just there's so much in the world there's so much even in the very niche thing of tabletop rpg community there's still a million different we just went through like not even half of them just before there's a million different games so each of those funny. have a designer and other people that worked on them and uh, artists that did the art for them and all of this it's impossible that i could have i could possibly know everybody who's been involved in everything i'm like yeah yeah, it's okay. Like, sure, I didn't know the name, but that's that's fine. You didn't know everything when you were born. You at some point you learned that guy's name as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just learning it today. You? Nice to meet you. Hi. What is it you did? Hello. Oh, you Hello. made three point five. Cool. It's, it's a shit game. Cool. Fuck you. <laughs> and you punch yeah. him in the face. And then you punch him, and then you walk away, and then you're like, bye. Thanks for the for record, over. anybody watching this later, I've never actually played three three point five. That was that, that was not my personal opinion of it. I've never played sure. any of the uh, earlier editions of D&D. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. I've uh, I've only ever played 5th edition. I know, um, I know a lot about early editions. wild. With the Thacko, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I played that um, with uh, Stefan Pokorny, who... Uh, Dwarven Forge, if you guys know what Dwarven oh, Forge yeah. is. Um, that is the only edition that, like, Stefan will run. Um, Stefan, you so said Dwarven couple... Forge. Is Stefan the, the owner of Dwarven Forge, or...? creator yeah he's the the owner of dwarven forge and he also does a, a lot of the like sculpting and stuff he's a classically trained artist right awesome. um he's a lovely person he's actually in uh he's one of the players in my actoroki game that i'm dming on uh on wednesdays nice. um uh but he when he runs he runs ad and d where you have the thaco system um and it's wild <laughs> So so different. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've wanted to play for a while to. just to just to test it out, just to see because I know so much about all the other editions just from being a DM and hearing about it and watching videos about comparisons and things and just hearing how people yeah. talk about early editions that have played them. Um, and I'm just fascinated. Yeah. I'd I'd, be, I'd, lo I'd love to play like a, a short campaign from each of them because like a one shot wouldn't be enough. Like I've played Pathfinder one shots, so I know roughly what three point five is like, but. Like yeah. it's it's not enough to actually like really get into the weeds, properly create a character, properly go through at least like three episodes of a of a, a AD and D or a three point five fourth edition. I'm really fascinated to try because of all of the vitriol for it. Yeah. Um, I think five E is the most uh accessible yeah, for sure. that they've had in a really long time. I think it's it's 
it's taken the the like barrier to entry and and moved it down really really low so that people who are interested in doing it but like i mean it can be kind of intimidating i think Mm. um to try to like come in i I mean (laughs) if i if the first thing i had ever played was uh AD&D, I don't know that I would still be playing because it's <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Um, it's not welcoming. But yeah, it's mm. it's not, it doesn't feel like it's um, em- embracing the newcomer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't just like pick it up and like figure it out. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think that 5e has, has been great for that because it, it truly you can give it to a group of people who have never played any D and D before. And uh, between the four or five of you, you can be like, okay, who thinks that they can maybe DM? (sighs) And even if they've never done it before, like, who's the fastest reader? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Who can speed Um, read through this DMG? Just just keep going. Um, So, so I think that that has been really great. I, I do find the other ones very interesting. Um, Mm. But like, for me, I'm probably not going to do as much D and D stuff at my table. Like it's I just, just, I there are so many, so many other things, yeah. so many games. Yeah, although I did write a module for D and D. It's called thing or like a. Yeah, it's a one shot. Um, I'm actually in the process of hopefully getting like getting it published. Um, cool. It's called Welcome to Calabazo Park. And it's a theme park that two foppish elves have absolutely, um, like, in their (laughs) hubris, have created this theme park uh, that is controlled magically and brings in a bunch of, like, monsters from all over the realm. Uh, so that you can go and see what adventurers do. Take your kids to the park and see what adventurers do. Um, And, of course, it it's away from them and so yes yes i I feel Um, like i feel like this is uh, i was listening to something or watching something recently where somebody was like oh man that'd be a super cool idea for a one shot and um, and they were talking about pretty much the same thing like a jurassic park of dnd monsters um yeah and obviously while people are there gets it gets out of hand that sounds awesome yeah uh... things have happened so yeah i actually think i'm running it as an exhibition game at um Pacific Con in September uh, in San Diego. So if you guys want to nice. come watch it, I mean, be fun. I mean the, world, the world might be open by then, and I might be actually uh, open to be traveling again. <laughs> um, speaking Fingers of uh, writing modules, leads perfectly into the last thing I wanted to uh, uh, talk to you about is um, oh. I'm currently writing a side quest for Satine's uh, new module, the Sirens of Battle of the Bards. Um, oh, cool. And so. Firstly, let's talk about the writing. How 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 did you get into it, and how long did it take, and what were some of the challenges that you faced in writing that module? How did it come about? Um, I I approached the module very much like how I prep a and D session mm. or or any gaming session. Um, I actually started with excellence modules because I have run it enough times that like yeah. it felt. It felt sort of like I was. I'm already doing this work, and so I should also make this into a module. Um, I think my biggest issue with modules, and so this is this is my gripe with trying to write it, is that I don't feel like they give enough 
uh, space yeah. and and like choice. It feels like I'm railroading my mm. players, and I don't want to do that. I like to follow where they go mm. and just like God, do whatever you want. Like yeah. you want to go in this room? I didn't develop it. What's in there? Let's find out. It's really um, it's really difficult to to write something that ha- that mm-hmm. a, that a, that accounts for a branching tree of endless possibilities. Because <laughs> yes. how do you how do you yes. write for? an endless possibility like by nature anything that you're writing is is making it is is, is dulling it down it, into multiple choice yeah. rather than endless possibilities yeah um and i got i personally got around that by doing um in this particular one um in doing sort of like charts that you as the dm can roll on mm-hmm. of like is what is showing up at right, this yeah. time this area um but i mean even then it's sort of it's not everything ever created it's you know it's a yeah yeah, it's still a set Um, yeah but i uh i also am like maybe the queen of going off module like (laughs) i I, you know i want to know what my play i I want to run the game that my players want to play and so i want to make sure that they're having a good time and i like want to like are we side questing i'll go with you um so yeah i've I've played in uh the start of a few different modules and rarely gotten to the end of any of them because of the people's nature to just be like yeah but i'm more interested in what's happening over here or the players really want to go and see what's over here and so i've I've started storm king's thunder as a player at least twice and never gotten past like the first village (laughs) yeah 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 so so the challenge of there's also a a, i also try to include a uh at least one NPC that the that the players will latch onto mm. because that that will happen, yeah. and then they will like now this is our pride. Love them. It is my <laughs> child. Now take it with me. So <laughs> I I have stopped I've stopped trying to uh, predict which players uh, which NPCs they'll they'll latch onto uh, because I created a guy that literally had no name. He was just there to be killed by an, another NPC uh, to set up that NPC as a bad guy. And they started asking him his life backstory, and so I called him Dude, and, yeah. and, then, I, and then I improvised the backstory for him on the spot, and then people he's become like an iconic character now. So I've, yeah. I've, stopped, I've just been like, yeah, they'll latch onto whoever, and I'll just have to come up with something. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Rip, Dude. Yeah. Uh, just shout out. I've just seen GM Workshops in the chat. How's it going, GM Workshop? Good to see you popping GM in. Workshop. And I saw Dice Cream. And Hi, Dice Cream Sandwich. Good to see you. First time chat. Um. I noticed the other day, I don't know if it's still the case, uh, but um, I was looking, uh, well, Ahmad messaged me um, a screenshot of fastest growing D&D channels on uh, on Twitch. And of course, number one was oh. Critical Role. Uh, number two sure. was Dice Cream Sandwich. And number three was me. Yeah. So me and, me and, <gasps> me and Dice Cream rad. Sandwich are going to team up to take down Critical Role. That's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've decided. The do you guys need a boots. rogue for your party? Yeah, we, do. we always need a rogue. Everybody needs a rogue. Ooh. Because how else are you going to get through the door? Yes. You're stuck on the other. Or I suppose a barbarian. A bar- barbarian can also do the thing, but then they set off the runes that the rogue would have otherwise seen. I mean, yes, correct. But like, there are more than one way to, to, to get skin through. A, to skin a door. That's all I'm saying. Um, to s- skin a door. Or to so, so, you, so how did you get over that that challenge of trying to you said you put in tables of like things are going to show up here and here and, and there's some random elements to it but but how did you ultimately go we still need 
a beginning, middle, and end. It still needs to be a story, a satisfying arc to it. I need to I need yeah. to be able to write what the finale of this module is going to be, without knowing yeah. how they're going to get there. How 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 do you tackle that? Uh, um, well, I mean, I also am a writer, um, and so I have gotten uh, I've I've written a lot of like short films. I've written a lot of short stories. Um, and so I, I sort of just take that structure and apply it to if I were making this a film, right? How, how, you know, what are the big beats? Um, and sort of, so the things that I write out are, are the beats of the story as opposed to like, you know, I'm obviously not writing everybody's dialogue and I'm not writing how we're getting from place to place. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of consider the module that I'm writing to be like the GPS instructions Yes. of like, you know, I'm, I'm starting, I'm starting outside the park and I'm ending hopefully with everyone still alive mm-hmm. at the end of, you know, in the center of the park. Um, and so I, I give myself, I give myself my story beats. Um, and I always, I'd like to put a note in when I am making modules. That's like, you don't have to do everything exactly how I would do it. Like yeah. if there's, if something doesn't appeal to you, like you can skip that part. Like yeah. you don't have to take them. You don't have to complete every part of this quest oh. in order for it to have been a successful game night. Um, yeah. I hashtag everything joyful gaming. I, I <laughs> want, I want you all to have a good time. Well, that's that's time, all I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah. So yeah, did we did we did we all hang out and have a good time role playing and didn't roll a single dice uh, and we had a really good time sweet you won did we did we roll a million dice today and we had a fun with every one of them yep um, you, had, you, you had fun you won good stuff yeah. yeah I like that it's very very wholesome it's very um uh very important to remember that there's um as long as you're as long as you're all uh, as long as you're all having fun is a big caveat as well like if one person's fun is counter to somebody else's fun is ruining everyone else's fun that's you yeah. gotta you gotta be aware that it's not just about you having fun to win D or role-playing games right. you gotta make sure that yeah. everybody's enjoying it and if and if you find that the way that you like to play to have the most fun is just genuinely not the way that other people like to play then you gotta find other people to play with you gotta find, find people group. who gel with the the style of play that you like makes yeah. sense so yeah. So um, uh, the other link with the uh, writing the module um, is that, uh, as I mentioned, I'm working with Satine, and you said that you're working, you, you're doing things on um, Guild and Light as well. How did you? How did that yeah. relationship come about? How did you meet Satine Phoenix? Um, I've known Satine for years. <laughs> uh, I met her a million years ago at a convention, mm-hmm. um, and she. Uh, you know, we're just just clicked. She's a delight of a human being, and um, we've done some stuff together. We did an actoroki game at Gen Con this past year. Um, yeah, and I've just like we are in talks. She and I about me perhaps being on one of her upcoming Satine quests Ooh, nice. in in the next year or two. Um, and that's starting to look yeah, great, I, isn't it? she's uh, we've been we've been seeing some of the pictures coming through and stuff and uh, of course yeah. the stuff that's on the instagram as well it's like yeah ooh, it's, and it's, she and really jameson are, are wonderful and i've never seen her so happy and I'm super they, they just they're just uh, just sickeningly adorable they are they're just <laughs> yes. so 
amazing together and uh yeah and and, and it really it's not it's not an act either because like um no i've considered myself friends with them now we've we've played together a few times uh even off off camera just like just playing for the sega playing um yeah and they're just even then even when there's no cameras on them or anything they're just hanging out they're just so such lovely people really wholesome yeah. and friendly and really care about you and what you've been up to and yeah. stuff and yeah <clears throat> And yet somehow yeah, staying adorable. ridiculously active and, and busy and constantly making making new things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, they're both in a really good place right mm -hmm. now. And it's really lovely uh, to be able to interact with them in, in that way. Um, just, every time I've talked to her, she's just been so genuine. It's yeah. been it's been great. That's good. Is there anyone um, yeah. uh, is there anyone you would love to play with that you haven't yet met or played with? Either as either DMing, um, for, GMing for them or playing with them. I'd I'd love to play with um, Matthew Lillard. I've met him, but have not gotten to play Matthew with him Lillard, yet. The name He's... rings a bell. Remind me who. Um. So, uh, he was in Scream. He was in um, SLC Punk. He was in. Uh, he owns Beetle and Grimm now. He. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think maybe that's yeah. why I knew the name. Matthew He's... Lillard. Uh, like just the sweetest person really lovely lovely individual um but i just haven't gotten to yes he was shaggy oh yes 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 yeah 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 um i just yeah, i haven't I've gotten seen, to I've, i think i saw him play. playing i think i saw him playing maybe it was with tabletop with will wheaton maybe i think maybe so yes. something like that um and i yep. and yeah I, I agree i was like oh man that guy looks like he would be a lot of fun to play with yeah, he's just a great, a great person. Um, and uh, I got to introduce him to Peter, which was very fun because Peter was sitting on the floor of his hotel room, like with a glass of red wine, just, just like smashed hanging from out. mimosas. Just not. <laughs> yeah, he was, just, he was sitting down, and I, I brought. He was like so sweet because I host the party at at Gen Con, and um he like was hovering at the door mm. and i was like hey w what's up and he was like i wanted to come in and meet peter but i wasn't invited oh. and i was like oh he, well this is my party so come on in <laughs> here's um, your invite and then, and, then, and then huge twist he's actually a vampire and you just invited him in well i mean <laughs> these things happen you know there are vampires need love it's true. Uh, and I brought him over and I was like, Peter, I have somebody to introduce you to. And I stepped aside and Peter, it, I don't know, like Matthew Lillard is like 72 feet tall. He's like hugely <laughs> tall. Um, and and Peter is not only not super tall, but he was also sitting cross-legged <laughs> on the floor of the hotel room. He's and so when I stepped aside, he was like, and like went like like this like <laughs> hug me and um me Matthew Lillard like Mama. leaned down and gave him a hug and I chatted for a little bit <laughs> and then he was like okay thanks so much and he thanked me and he left and when he left Peter like tugged on my skirt and was like hey hey and I looked down and I was like yeah and he was like that guy was in Scooby Doo <laughs> um just lovely like I just, just super fun um but he he was he's just uh like super polite and respectful nice. and like great he's a great person and yeah. i would absolutely love to to play with him but you know he's he's more important than i am so <laughs> 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 
Well, on that note, that was uh, a lovely story to end on. Um, I'll just open it up to um, people in the chat in case they've got questions for either of us uh, oh, that, yeah. we, that we could chat with them about. Because in short rests, I get so into my guest and talking with you and chatting around the campfire <laughs> that I completely forget that there's all of these other people sitting around the campfire with us. Any of you guys got any questions for us? Yeah. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? I don't. I can't guarantee that I know anything, but I'll I'll make something we'll give up. Give it a go. Well, I mean, we'll give for it sure. a go. Have you always um uh have you always been based where you are, by the way, or have you moved around a lot? Um. Yeah, I've always been strictly a Midwestern girl. Yeah. Um. Although, I don't know what this says about me, but whenever I am in another location and someone meets me there, they assume that I live there. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you adopt an um, accent I've pretty gotten... quickly? Or... No! <laughs> <laughs> Is it an African or European swallow? Those are, you it's have gotta, to you gotta know. specify. You gotta know these things. Yeah. Well, I don't know that. Um, no, I don't. I definitely do not um, change the way I speak. Uh, but I get a lot like, don't you live in Seattle? Because I'm out there yeah. a lot for work. Um, or people who've seen me at Gen Con are like, don't you live in Indianapolis? Nope. Um, Just I lived in London for a while. Like you're in London, college, right? natural born London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I obviously. Totally you're you're from here. Yeah, totally. totally. Um, I lived in Ireland for a while. Oh, yeah, whereabouts um, in Ireland? I was in Dublin. Oh yeah, Dublin. Yeah. Nice Nice place. I've been to Dublin just once, uh, but I liked it there. Nice place. I like Dublin. How about, how about New Zealand? Uh, any 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 opportunity to get to New Zealand? Anything I, on your radar? Know, I wish I could. I've always wanted to go. I would love to come down. I mean, to you're, go you're over to... here. You should definitely hit me up. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll I, uh, it turns out cool they stuff, let us out of the country, though. No. I'd not at the moment. <laughs> the world's a little bit locked down at the moment. Actually, I think they could. Pro they probably let me out of the country, but they wouldn't let me back <laughs> in. Yeah, not right now. Uh, Fancy yeah. Unicorn asks, "What's the one thing you're hoping for in 2022? What does the next year bring in for you?" Oh, um, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's maybe sort of a modest goal, but um, I would like to. In 2022, um, I'm really focusing on just like being able to say no to projects. <laughs> um, I get really excited about things, and I just say I just say yes to everything because oh, I just man. get like so yeah, so it's jazzed, exciting, isn't you know? it? And it's not that I'm um, saying yes because I feel obligated to. I'm feel I'm saying yes because I genuinely want to do it. And then I'm like, right. Oh, when are we gonna fit this in? Scroll, scroll, right. scroll, scroll. I need, scroll, I need to be. I need, I'm trying to be smarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hit forty, and my my brain was like, maybe we don't have to say yes to every single thing <laughs> given to us. If you if you um, work it, if you work out how, please do let me know. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I'll if I think if I truly figure it out. Maybe I'll write some sort of TED talk about yeah. it because I feel like a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, lots of things yeah. to do. Don't make too many projects. Oh, somebody wants to know if you could make a Time Lord D and D character. Oh, a Time Lord. Time Lords. I've I've always been interested in the concept of time travel in D and D because it so can, it can so easily mess things up, and and so there's very few things that kind of mechanically support it in D&D &D. there's very few time spells um mm. 
and yet when they are in there they're just put in there just kind of like a throwaway like there's a the one of the sphinx uh characters can just like send you forward 10 years in time or send you back 10 years in time or something and just, there's there's like a random effect when you come back from the feywild that may mean that you've just traversed forwards a hundred years so so it's like they've oh. it's like they've avoided putting in time travels because they don't want to make things complicated and then when they do they just kind of like put it in there with nothing to support it to be like oh now your game's fucked up because the campaign you were going <laughs> to run with the big bad evil guy doing his thing is that's that's happened i guess because they, the characters weren't there for 10 years <clears throat> so time time travel in dnd is very unsupported i think the only real time manipulation spell, uh, well, there's slow and haste, obviously, which can speed up an individual character, and then there's sure. uh, and then there's the ninth level spell, time stop, which it's a ninth right. level spell on the level of wish, but it can stop the it can stop the clock for everybody but you for one extra round if you roll poorly. <laughs> but even then, I mean, it's only one extra and round. Get, like yeah, it's not one extra yeah. round, and that's and that's it. Um, and uh, and at the max you get like four or five extra rounds um, where, to do things, but not four four or five extra rounds to do anything you want. It lasts only until you like damage somebody as well. So you can't just take four rounds of stabbing the big bad guy in the face until he eventually <laughs> wakes up again. It's, there's so little you can do with that ninth level spell. Um, yeah. And so and so making a time lord would be fascinating to try, but it would not be supported by a lot of the in-game mechanics. I reckon uh, you'd have to just homebrew a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, let us know how that works out yeah. <laughs> with your homebrew that you're doing. Yeah. I feel like I would use the Time Lord, like, I think she'd be more like Mary Poppins than she would be, mm. like, I think would be some sort of I think you could use a Time Lord. Yeah, you could use a Time Lord as an NPC easy enough because you can hand wave a lot of the things that the players don't need to know about. You can be like, oh yeah, this guy yep. seems timeless and you'll meet him and oh, it'll pop in, pop in and out of existence and he makes some cryptic comments about things that are coming up. And then, and you as a DM have to have to word it in such a way that it is sort of a Barnum statement about the things to come, and so it applies to yeah. any, anything they end up doing. So whatever choice they do, you go oh, and you remember you think back to when you met the wizard, and he said something that could have pertained to this thing that you just did. <laughs> then you have to then you have to write a bunch of that malarkey though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's tough, but uh, definitely worth doing. If you uh, if you work out how to do it, Sevlander, let me let me know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, if Can't there wait. are if there are no other questions, uh, it doesn't seem like there are. Then we'll um, we'll we'll say goodbye. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Where where can people um, meet you and see you if you've uh, if you've if you if people have enjoyed uh, hearing you today? Yeah. Where can they see more of you? Uh, so I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Ko-Fi and TikTok as Pixies and Pins. Um, I'm on Facebook as actor sarah moore if you would like to find me there and it's double o -R -E, um, i'm all over the... right more yes yeah. double o-r-e um i am also all over the internet as world of chaldea i i run all their stuff um sarah does not live here uh sarah lives in chicago <laughs> i'm i'm stateside um unless Unless he, I don't know where Rigor Dracora is, uh, perhaps if, I if do live there. Yeah, if you're in, if you're also in Chicago, I think Dracora yeah. might have been saying, "Do you live here on this channel?" Do I live here? Maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I know. could live here. I'm just gonna set up here today. A cot in the corner. <laughs> just in the corner. Every stream, every stream's just, just got you. Just, tiny just little like taking screen. a little nap, reading a book, You've eating 20, some twenty-four hour ramen video cam on you. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's not weird. Um... So you can find yeah, me at Pixies and Pins, all... find me at World of uh, yeah. Caldea, uh, you can find you at Sarah's Table, Ninth Level Games, you can find you on yes. Level Up TTV, 
You're all over the place. Mind you. I'm everywhere. Everywhere. I'm, you know, I bet if you look hard enough, I'm sort of, I'm sort of everywhere. So. <laughs> And if, you're, and if you happen to be watching this from uh, one of Sarah's many uh, avenues, you're from Sarah's community, not mine, uh, I'm Robert Hartley, I'm a Dungeon Master, uh, I am the Dungeon Master for Viva La Dirt League, uh, a comedy group in New Zealand. Uh, we, we play D&D every, well we play D&D every couple of months and then release, uh, cut it into bite-sized chunks. So unlike certain other uh, live play D&D sessions that take four hours a week to, to actually co uh, commit to watching it and keeping up with it, um, you can you can watch a half an hour episode of the Viva La Dirt League D&D um, &D over on YouTube. You can also find me several times a week here on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Robert Hartley GM, where I talk about all sorts and, of uh, Dungeons you have a and Dragons related things. Uh, yes, I also have a Patreon where, where you can support me financially if you like the things that I make and want to uh, help me to pay the bills so that I can keep making those things. Yeah. And, and, um, and then, you know, I'm going to trap you into playing more games with me at yes. some point 100 percent. i will willingly walk into those traps i've enjoyed uh, all of the games that we've played together so far and look forward to many more I, I look forward to you introducing me to many of those other games that you you brought up that i'd never even heard of i'm always down Funny. for more different rpg systems so stick around for the raid thank you very much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you sarah and i'll see Probably. you guys next time bye bye that's all for that episode of Short Rest, but if you want to be there for the next one live, don't forget to head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. Alternatively, you could wait for it to hit my YouTube channel at roberthartleygm, or if you really enjoy my work and want me to keep making it, head over to patreon.com and consider supporting me a few dollars a month. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.